Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Shannon Easton, a woman with amazing focus, big dreams, and the stamina and persistence to get her to that goal. It began early in Shannon's life, and she shares her story in a new book, Lady Ref, Making Calls in a Man's World. Shannon Easton, good morning. Thank you so greatly for being with us today. Good morning, Kate. Thank you for having me. I am very excited to have this time with you and to share your story, the new book that you have written, uh, Lady Ref, Making Calls in a Man's World. And Lady Ref, well, I guess we could interpret it in oh so many different ways, but this is like the real big time. Uh, not just for you is it big time, but you know, just in life, in I, I certainly in this country, Lady Ref being uh, a ref in the NFL is is huge, really huge, because you were the first, and well, you've been essentially the only one. Um, actually, that's not exactly correct. Okay, so I was. Yeah, so I was the first, and um, now currently um, I am not in the NFL anymore, but there are two full-time women that are in the NFL. So I was the first one, but currently there are now two others. So look at how you made such a massive change, and... The book Lady Ref, I mean, it, it's just so insightful. And some of it is really gut-wrenching, the kinds of things that you would you had to endure to get to to that place where just, um, well, just over 10 years ago, it was in 2012, right? That Yes, that's correct. And so that's when you officiated at a preseason game and actually the first game of the season. Maybe we should start with uh, your sharing with us how that felt for you. Well, you know, there was a lot going into it prior to the game. A lot of, uh, of course, media attention and um, a lot of people reaching out to me. We were on a very fast Uh, track, learning NFL rules as fast as possible, things like that. So prior to the game, there was certainly a lot of things that were um, just drawing from my focus of what really I was, you know, trying to accomplish and trying to do, knowing that when I stepped on the field, I obviously wanted to represent myself, the NFL, um, all women, and just officials in general, you know, at the the highest level I possibly could. But once I finally got to the field, it was almost as if that's when I could finally take a breath and enjoy the moment, and I felt like I was home. So there was a lot prior to the game, but uh, when the game, you know, when you finally step on the field, it's all about what you're there to do, and, you know, I was there to do do a job. So that's kind of how it felt for me. And that doesn't seem so different from how you approached every game that you came came to, be it with football, which was uh, really with kid football, with high school, with college football, but also uh, officiating even at basketball games. So this this is just your demeanor, how you just really study and research everything, and then you're just fully present to the game. Yeah, that's correct. I just never want to um, miss an opportunity to do the best that I can. I felt I was, I was prepared. 
Um, but you can never over prepare for a moment like this. So that's kind of my approach with everything. And obviously it has served you well because it, it brought you to that place. But again, not without just, uh, well, really like an excruciating amount of work and persistence and really probably having to do, I don't know, 10 times or more than perhaps a, a, a man in this position would do. Yeah, that's actually a true statement. Um, I didn't want to be somebody that was labeled as good for a girl. I just wanted to be somebody that was labeled as a good official. So I take that into everything that I do. I um, obviously appreciated the opportunity, but I wanted to step on the field and not be recognized because I was a female. You know, obviously making the history of it was, was phenomenal, but I just wanted people to see an official that deserved to be there, male or female, and somebody that was ready for this opportunity. Yes. And it, it certainly did have challenges. But this passion that you had, I think so many of us just would not be able to to keep persisting. But it just it seemed to just be this burning fire within you that you had to keep pursuing. And you share with us in your book, Lady Refs, your your early years and how you competed in judo. And you were just, it, it seemed like you were just a natural talent that you just understood these things. So it, it seems that that was part of the fire that burned that you needed to keep pursuing this goal. Yeah, there was definitely, um, I've just always been very competitive uh, very competitive with myself. And early on in, in officiating, um, I felt from the moment I stepped onto a, a high school field that working the NFL was a realistic goal for myself. And knowing for me that I felt that was realistic, even though it was at a time when there were hardly any women officiating at any level, I was going to pursue it with everything that I had. And this, you know, the same way that I did everything prior to that as a youngster um, competing in the sports that I competed in. I just always felt that um, that I, I wanted to be the best. And in the things that I did, for the most part, um, I felt that was realistic for me to be the best. I always say it would not be realistic for me to step on an NFL field and, you know, play, you know, as a player, but as an official, I felt that was realistic, even though um, I was going to face a lot of challenges because of the times being different and the lack of openings at that time for women. And that's the thing, being realistic about it to the degree that you just shared, Shannon. As a kid, you you love to play football. So me, I have no clue about such uh, about football. I, I watch probably when it comes to the Super Bowl, but for you, I you know it was just amazing to see this passion and desire and understanding and 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 being you know chosen to play uh, you know games out in the in the street with the other kids. Yeah, yeah, I was just uh, always loved the game and was always. Pick things up pretty easily. Um, things that I loved, especially sports. Most sports came um, not without hard work. Don't get me wrong, but at that lower basic level, I could pick up a football and I kind of knew how to throw it. Throw it and 
seemed like I, you know, a lot of people struggle with how do you catch a ball and that kind of stuff just came easy for me. It was natural for me and just developed a true love for the game that, you know, fast forward, you know, years and years later, it's kind of interesting how it all kind of comes together. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And that's what's so wonderful uh, about learning someone's story, about reading your memoir, Lady Ref, to see how it wasn't just an idea that presented itself. Oh, I think I would like to do this. This was just a day-by-day passion that that grew, not, well, as you say, when you first stepped onto the football field, you could see yourself doing it. But again, I, I'm I'm just so amazed at how you would throw yourself into learning all the rules and, and getting that understanding. I, truly, I'm in awe. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. But that that's what you say, that, you know, you didn't expect any preferential treatment. You just understood it and you learned. And it does feel like common sense. Like if you've done all this prep, why not also be rewarded by that being acknowledged? Yeah. And, and you said something earlier. And being, you know, even though I didn't want to be um, recognized as good for a girl, I do know that when I stepped on the football field that I was accepting the challenge of I did need to be better than, Mm. you know, the average man. Um, But that was a challenge that I was accepting when I stepped on the field because I knew that I'm not saying I was free from mistakes because there's no official that's free from mistakes, but I know a mistake by myself was not going to be as palatable as a mistake that was made by a man because if I make a mistake – it's going to be, you know, there's going to be people that didn't believe and, you know, that would be where the opening for them to say that's why women shouldn't officiate or that's why she shouldn't be on the football field. So I knew that I had to work harder. I was ready to work harder. And um, I just knew that was a challenge that I was willing to accept to do what I did. And and did you ever feel that that wasn't quite fair or did that ever even enter your mind? Um, well, I had a, a wonderful ex-mother-in-law who anytime any one of us said, um, that's not fair. She always said was the cross fair. And that stuck to me. That has stuck with me my entire life. And so I would, I'm not the type of person that's going to ever say anything is not fair. Um, mm. It's just not really in my nature. Is it unfortunate or there's things that um, in life that, you know, make you shake your head and ask questions? Um, absolutely. But you know what? It's really not about what's fair. It's just it was the time that I came up in and it, it, there was really nothing. All I can do is control the things I can control. Mm-hmm. And at that time, there were certain things I couldn't control and really uh, all I could do is keep working hard and hope that that hard work would eventually somehow, some way, um, pay off. I love your philosophy about that. Uh, there's so much about it that's really common sense. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think about how if we could all really look at life that way, what a what a beautiful world we could actually, it's within our control to create this beautiful world if we would do that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, everybody says things happen for a reason and I have to believe that. And 
I'm not going to say that I didn't have moments of, you know, extreme sadness or brokenness or just, you know, times where you question, should I quit? You know, it's just, have I, you know, banged my head up against that glass ceiling long enough and it's just not going to happen. You know, there are things in life that are more important. And at some point you have to ask yourself, any official, if they're, pursuing going to the next level, there's factors that you can't control in it. For some people, it might be the age that they started and uh, or just their physical ability or whatever it is. So, um, you know, you can, you can have moments. Um, you just have to try to rise above them and trust God that you're going to have the strength to rise above them. And uh, Speaking of trusting God, that has always been really important to you. And I and I appreciate how you share that, you know, it seemed to be stronger at other times than others. That I truly appreciate because I think that that, too, is probably more realistic for most of us. And and that and that's OK. Yes. Yeah. 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 When you, and when you read my story, I mean, there are moments that I am certainly not proud of. There's no doubt about it. I made my share of, I, I would say I'm the least perfect person I know, but um, it's really interesting to see how can, God can take those really imperfect moments and bring something good out of them. Mm. So um, I, it's, it all works together. It all works for, together if you just trust, trust in him. And Shannon, you're saying you're human. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm very I'm very human. <laughs> and 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 I believe uh, I think similarly to you that you know all that we do the imperfections if we were perfect we wouldn't be here. Uh that that's just not reality. You know that we're working towards it and everything is that we do we encounter is that opportunity and I I feel that that's really what you have demonstrated and what you're still continuing to live out. I'm going to do my best every day. Every day, every day I'm going to strive for it. Which I'm is... going to make mistakes, but I'm going to strive for it. You talk about um, how when you were first officiating at, at some of the, um, I think it was already at, at a college level game, that... Um, actually, I think it was a, a very famous name, Red Cashin. Mm-hmm. Is yes. that, that's correct pronunciation, Cashin. Mm-hmm. That um, he had heard about you. He came to observe you. He said he was going to check you out when you were. He was in the area, and he talked about your having a good presence. So, besides the knowledge that you had in making good calls, but that you had that presence, and that seems to have been and continues to be very important. Yeah, Red Cashin was extremely instrumental in my officiating career. I met him at a football camp, and from the moment we met, he, for some reason, saw something in me and just was so supportive and did come and watch me work. Uh, Actually, he came and watched me work a high school game, and um, he did mention um, in an email and things like that that he felt that my my field presence was um, tremendous. And I, you know, I, we, people always say, you know, how, how do you develop that? And I don't think you, I mean, you can work on certain things, but it's almost like you either have it or you don't. And, and 
I tell people it's kind of like it's a presence that it you step on the field and everybody has complete confidence that you know what you're doing. And it's a presence that I don't ever want to say it's cocky. It kind of borders on cocky, but it's not. And it just shows that you have complete control. And there's examples I try to give when I'm teaching younger officials and how to um, kind of enhance that presence or to get a, a coach to um, kind of to win them over a little bit um, so that when things happen during the game, and a lot of that can happen through communication, how you carry yourself, but there's, there's a lot to it. But, yeah, I always, when a guy like Red or um, some of the other NFL officials or anybody for that matter um, noticed my presence on the field, that always uh, made me smile very big. And, and and that's an interesting response that made you smile, that you yeah. felt good about it. But again, it wasn't like, oh, well, uh, you know, having any big ego about it. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely, I hope people never thought that I had that kind of an ego because um, I really just wanted to do a really good job. And, you know, when people notice that's, that's awesome. But um yeah, I, I was super blessed by the people. I mean, obviously, I talk about some people in the book who weren't as supportive and helpful, but I am so appreciative because there are far more people that went the extra mile to help me, and I hope I gave them the credit they deserved through my story because I couldn't have done a lot of what I did without them in my corner, and I'm extremely appreciative for that. And it felt to me when you had people like Red uh, in, in your corner that that would speak volumes, and it did. But yet there were others who would st- were still so dismissive, or you know, deliberately would ostracize you or call you a chick. I would never hire a chick. They'd say. I mean, mm-hmm. how discounting is that? Yeah. Again, it, it was just such a different time, and I don't. Um, there's a story I tell in the book about a coach that how he handled me to start and um, where our relationship developed to. And it's a really, really good, that part, that story is such a great story. And um, I just say, you know, for some people during that time, and he was one of them to start, you know, they're just old school guys that not saying it was right by any means, but this was new. This was new to them. So in his case, I didn't blame him for how he behaved. And um, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying it, it was right, but it was something that so many people had never seen before. So you're going to get different reactions. But it's really awesome to see, and when you read about Coach G um, in, this, in the book, just what, how he started with me and then where he went once he saw I could officiate and realized that he was just judging me really simply because I was a woman. And as soon as he stopped looking at me as a female on the field and just realized I knew what I was doing, it was like everything changed. And um, so for that, I just, I really, I really respect him. He has since passed away and um, it's really sad that he will not. That's several people that I wrote about that have since passed away, but um, I hope that their families and things like that get to read about the impact that they did have. And some of it didn't start, you know, it didn't start the best. We didn't have the best relationship to start, but it's really awesome to see how things moved forward. So, can't, you know, you can't blame people for the time 
that we lived in and um you know you know you just gotta keep moving on so we could come back to that word fair which we already covered so <laughs> right yeah <laughs> right so with with the book, Lady Ref, and sharing the stories of all the people along your life's journey to coming to, well, where you are today, all of that is certainly insightful and beneficial. In writing about this and deciding to write a memoir, who were you really feeling that you wanted to or could reach, Shannon? Well, I think it's definitely a book for um, uh, any young lady that has a dream. And it's not just for them, but I think that that's a huge, you know, target audience for sure. But really, it's for me, it's about perseverance. And um, I always tell people, don't be afraid to dream big. Um but realize that in doing that, you're going to have to work hard. Things aren't always just going to fall at your feet. So I think the target audience is really very broad. But um, I hope it does inspire, you know, young girls, young young officials. I hope it inspires people to never give up, anybody, male or female, any age, just to never give up. And then beyond that, I really hope that inspires people that, um, on you know, on the, the faith side of things to trust God through whatever situation they're going through. That, again, he will take and he will give you the strength to persevere. He will give you the strength to overcome. He will give you the strength to just keep, um, you know, just to help you and to guide you. And so I think there's so many different people that, and you know, I, I've told people this, I really feel, and I give my co-writer a tremendous amount of credit because she brought this story to life um, with her writing skills and things like that. And I'm not saying this because it's my story. This is just a great story. Um, If it was anybody else's story and I read it, I'd be like, wow, it's just a really good story. So I hope people pick it up and um, I hope it inspires people to dream big and to never give up. Who could ask for like a greater message than that? You know, dreaming big and and don't give up. Having that persistence and boy, you you have it, have had it in spades. The way that you have just really, you know, just put your well that proverbial nose to the grindstone kind of thing. But uh, so speaking of the book, it is available through all of our favorite book sources. Correct, Shannon. Yes, um, it's, it's uh, most of the sources like Amazon or Roman and Littlefield. Um, right now, they're they're available, and it says pre-order. But um, there are bookstores uh, that I've run into locally here where I live that actually already have the book. Some of my friends have said they've received their pre-orders already. So, um, so yeah, so it's definitely floating out there. Um, not sure if it's available everywhere in your hometown, but. You can certainly pre-order it, and it sounds like um, you will receive it pretty quickly. Which is you know, which is great because you know as we've been talking about the, your story is really so inspiring and just the passion and persistence and following your dream uh, through through ups and down and thick and thin. Um, and, and here again, you know, seeing how faith plays into it, knowing that. 
you know, ha- having faith doesn't mean it's magic and, oh, you will just have what you want. <laughs> no, it means really feeling supported and continuing to have that strength to, to really persevere. True? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it really comes down to trusting God through it all. Um, I, I just, I would be nowhere without him. And um, yeah. It's... Really a big part of your story. Absolutely. So when we look back then to kind of the, those early years as how it came to, to this point, uh, it, it was really your mother enrolling you in judo, right? That was kind of the beginning of it all, would you say? Um, yeah, I would definitely judo had a huge um, impact on my life as a, as a child. Um, that was our compromise. I wanted to play football. She said no. <laughs> so I looked around and that was the sport that we kind of compromised on. It sounded like it would be fun. And um, she did everything in her power to help me be successful, got me into all the best uh, training facilities, best coaches. We traveled across the country. Um, she did everything. She did everything to support me to see that I had every opportunity to be the best that I could. And that story, too, is just the multiple stories of all of your achievements and, and how you really approached it and, and just excelled. It's, it's phenomenal. It's just so amazing. So your mother was instrumental in doing that. And, the, and your relationship with your dad and then that connection with football, of course, plays a big part in your life. Oh, absolutely. Um, my dad was a, um, he actually passed away um, this past year. Um, so very sad that he will never read about the impact that he had in my life. Um, but he was the reason that I initially connected with the game of football. We were in our house, we were Patriots fans. And my dad was a quiet guy, but the thing that really brought him to life was when he was watching the New England Patriots play football. And so I would just sit with him on the couch and I didn't really know at that time at that young age much about the game, but it was just the way that we kind of connected. And that was the thing we did together was um, watch the Patriots in our house. So yeah, he and I didn't talk about a lot because like I said, he was quiet, but when football was on, he just, he would tell me everything, you know, little kids can be, ask a lot of questions and he just never minded he just loved to talk about football he loved to tell me when the refs were blowing calls and you know stuff like that so it was definitely the way we connected and definitely how I I think I fell in love with the game of football was through him and I think that that is such a big thing too of how we as the role models, the parents, the grandparents, the aunts, the uncles, have an impact on kids who soak up this kind of energy that we have and what we're saying and how we are and how it really impacts and shapes our our life and how that time is so critical. Oh, it definitely is. Um, I agree with you 100% that that parents, grandparents, definitely have an impact on their children that way. And like I said, him having passed away, it just makes you thankful for the time that you had together. And it makes you sad that you maybe missed some opportunities. You know, it's hard to 
you know, regret because you are thankful, but makes you look back and go, oh, I hope I didn't miss other opportunities, you know. And I, I talk about my book, my book too, it's that I know everybody wants to hear about the NFL and that part of my story, but it's like about so much more because it is about life. And my favorite chapter of the book is called, is called Life Changers. And it talks about a friend of mine and how he lost his grandson all too young. And so, you know, people ask me questions about that and about things that I, was there something that I regretted through, you know, pursuing my dream and, is there something I would change? It's hard to say regret because I think that's a strong word, but I would say that in my life, I did not have, and when I think about my family, my dad in particular now being gone, I didn't have really good balance. Um, I missed, I definitely missed opportunities with, with my family because everything I did, every vacation I took was not a vacation. It was go, to go to a football camp or to go to a basketball camp. And um, I didn't have... I didn't have a proper balance in my life because believe me, there are things that are far greater than me having reached that goal of making it to the NFL. And um, it is, you know, your family, your friends. And um, yeah, I, when I talk to young people, I I try to encourage them to try to have a, a better balance than I had for sure. That, too, is a beautiful, important message, certainly important in all of our lives. And too soon, our time is is, is winding down, but let's mention your website uh, as another great resource to learn more about you, Shannon. Yes, uh, my website is shannoneaston.com. And, um, yeah, reach out to me if you have any questions or if anybody interested in officiating or you just read the book and you have another question about something maybe I didn't cover, anything. If there's anything I can do to help you, um, by all means, please reach out. I'll, I'll do whatever I can to help. Well, that's wonderfully generous and uh, not at all surprising. Shannon Easton, you are so incredible. I so value this time that we've shared together and wish you continued greatness in your life. Thank you, Kate. I really appreciate you, your support and for... Um, allowing me to speak about my story. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Shannon Easton and Sunday Morning Magazine with J.O. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of making time to have the all-important conversations, in this case, about the future. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.